This week on Spiritual Awakening Radio, the Hem of the Pearl, also known as the Hem of Judas Thomas the Apostle in the country of the Indians. A mystical poem about you, all souls really. Do you remember who you are? Have you fallen asleep in an alien land? Are you an alien soul in search of your true identity? Have you forgotten your origin? Are you asleep? Is there a force or a teacher that can awaken you from this slumber or matrix and introduce you to the nature of reality again? The Gnostic Hem of the Pearl is my focus on this week's program. Now, the hem itself is very long, and I'm certainly not going to read the whole scripture, but I will give you my email address very soon and a text message that you can send via via a certain number, and I can send you a link to the entire hem of the pearl. So stay tuned and be ready for that. One of the greatest Gnostic texts of all time is known as the Hem of the Pearl. It's a book that's about you, about all souls, really. As you read it, it may dawn on you that it is a poem about you. It is a story or tale about you. It's the ultimate Gnostic text, one of the ultimate Gnostic texts, because it's about the reader coming to know himself or herself as he or she reads. The hem of the pearl, also known as the hem of the soul or hem of the robe of glory, is the hem of Judas Thomas the Apostle in the country of the Indians. Originally written in Syriac Aramaic, the Apostle Thomas sings this hem while praying for himself and his fellow prisoners. They were incarcerated, as sometimes in these various uh, accounts or stories apostles are. They sometimes are thrown in jail for having the wrong spiritual belief during an age when there was no such thing as freedom of religion. Some scholars believe the hymn itself was composed before the rest of the Acts of Thomas and got inserted later on because it appears in only one Syriac Aramaic manuscript and one Greek manuscript of the Acts of Thomas. The author of the hymns is unknown, although there is a belief that it was composed, this particular collection of hymns known as the Hymn of the Pearl, was composed by the Syriac teacher Bardesian due to some parallels between his life and that of the hymn. But, like everything else, scholars rarely agree, and that's a very much uh, disputed or contested point. Not very many scholars have a clear sense of who actually composed the Hymn of the Pearl. This hymn, or Hymn of the Pearl, is commonly interpreted as a Gnostic view of the human condition, that we are spirits lost in a world of matter and forgetful of our true origin. This state of affairs may be remedied by a revelatory message delivered by a messenger from realms beyond. The 
Spiritual Awakening Radio continues. My name is James Bean. The focus this week is the wisdom contained in the Hymn of the Pearl, the Hymn of the Soul, an ancient Gnostic text. Why do we incarnate? If the soul originates in this perfect heavenly realm, why would souls want to leave or fall, quote-unquote, from that realm? and enter into various bodies through transmigration of the soul and reincarnation in this world of suffering, this realm known as samsara, the world of changes. What do we get from this? What benefit is there? We must come away with a greater wisdom and appreciation that we did not have before. Getting so road-tested on the highway of transmigration, so to speak. This is a paragraph from Bentley Layton's very fine book called The Gnostic Scriptures, from his introduction to The Hem of the Pearl. Both popular belief and certain kinds of academic philosophy, especially Platonism and Pythagoreanism, accepted that the soul had its origin in a non-physical realm from which it had come, that its incarnation in a material body hindered it from contemplating the good or God, and was generally harmful that it might be saved from this unfortunate fate, e.g. by acquiring the self-knowledge taught by wisdom or philosophy, and that the result might be an existence free of the body's influence. The problem of why in the first place the soul had ever fallen into existence in a body was a topic of philosophical discussion. So nothing new under the sun. In other words, uh, this question of why are we here has been with us since the time of some of those early Greek sages in Platonism and Neoplatonism and Pythagoreanism long, long, long ago. And this is a question addressed by the Gnostics in this wonderful scripture called the Hem of the Pearl, which is one of many scriptures used by the the Thomasonians, the Thomasites, the Thomas branch of Gnostic Christianity, which has been one of the longest surviving schools of Gnosticism. Rather than dying an unnatural death due to persecution in the 4th century Roman Empire, it lived on, and we get a, a sense of what Gnosticism could be, what it could blossom into uh, further to the east and left behind uh, is a massive treasure trove uh, of literature from the 1st century, 2nd century, 4th century through the 8th century, you know, the Syriac East, the Syriac Fathers, uh, eventually the great-great-great-grandchildren of the Thomasonians, the Thomasites, the Thomasines, if you will, uh, ended up in China, and they also wrote these glorious Scriptures reflecting the life that they were cultivating in eastern China uh, during the 6th, 7th, and 8th centuries A.D. They're combining Gnosticism, Christianity with Taoism and Buddhism. So it's amazing what happens when people have, at least for a while, uh, religious freedom, human rights, and are allowed to assemble freely and publish writings and meet and meditate together and carry on it's amazing you know we get a glimpse of the the lives that they once lived uh, 
by the writings they left behind, which instead of dying out after the fourth century, uh, lived on, you know, for several more centuries uh, in the Syriac Aramaic East, uh, going all the way from uh, Syria or, or Persian Gulf, you know, over through Iran, Persia, to India and Eastern China. And their descendants uh, remain to this very day. One of the greatest Gnostic texts is the Hem of the Pearl. As you read it, you will discover that this is a story about you and your spiritual journey, your incarnation. The Hem of the Pearl is a parable about you and I. Another version of the parable of the prodigal son. It's a story about the journey of the soul to and from the world, eventually going home to the kingdom of the Heavenly Father. The Hem of the Pearl is about the soul's journey from oneness to separation and then back to oneness again. The following is a reading from John Davidson's book, The Robe of Glory, all about the Hem of the Pearl and other texts of this Eastern Manichaean tradition that other gnosis that few know about or talk about. Lesser-known Gnostic Gospels, not found in Egypt at all, but found in this Eastern tradition of uh, Iraq, all the way through the Silk Road over to uh, China. For everyone interested in the world's mystical and sacred literature, here is a fresh interpretation of this ancient Syriac mystic poem found in the apocryphal Acts of Thomas called the Hem of the Pearl, or the Robe of Glory. The poem relates the story in allegorical form of the soul's journey from God into the creation, where it falls asleep, quote-unquote, becoming completely unconscious of its divine origin. A messenger is therefore sent from the Supreme Being to awaken the sleeping soul, and by means of the mystic word, the soul travels the inner journey homewards to be reunited with its heavenly parent. The robe of glory is a beautiful example of the use of allegory in ancient mystical expression, also shedding light on many of the sayings and parables of Jesus that are found in both canonical and apocryphal literature. John Davidson is the author of a highly acclaimed series of books on the science of spirituality and mysticism, having a lifelong interest in both of these fields. A graduate in biological sciences from Cambridge University, he continues to live and work in Cambridge. I'm sharing with you a passage from the back book cover of his book, The Robe of Glory. The Robe of Glory relates to the most ancient of stories, the oldest story ever told, for it tells the tale of the soul's separation from its eternal home in the bosom of the Supreme Being, its wanderings in the labyrinth of creation, its follies and its heartaches, its eventual rescue by a living master or divine messenger sent by the Father, and its final return home, the ascension of the soul back again, full circle we come come home in the end. In the mythology of every culture and country, in the folklore and fairy tales of every nation, in the mystical allegories of every people, variations of this same story are told.
ancient text known as the Hymn of the Pearl begins with these words. When I was a little child living in the palace of my father in the luxury and wealth of those who nurtured me, my parents sent me away out of the east, our native country. They put together a bundle of treasures for me, both great and light, that I might carry it alone. They removed from me the garment set with gems and spangled with gold, which they had made for me, measured to my stature, because they loved me. They made a covenant with me and inscribed it in my heart that I should not forget. If you go down to Egypt and bring back from there the one pearl which is there in the midst of the sea and is surrounded by the devouring serpent, you will put on again your robe of glory, they said, and will become with your brother who is next to us heir in our kingdom. June Singer's Commentary in her wonderful book, A Gnostic Book of Hours. Ages before this story begins, the pearl of inestimable value fell out of the invisible world into the dark sea of unconsciousness. It is a fragment of the holy light, but it gets mired in the mud and slime and is encased in a common shell. It must be uncovered and retrieved from the depths where it has been swallowed up by the powers of the world, as symbolized by the devouring serpent, who must be overcome from within. The serpent crouches with his tail held in his mouth, encircling the original chaos. The precious treasures that the parents give to the prince to take on his journey are their, are their transmundane spiritual instructions, the gnosis that he is to communicate to those who have ears to hear. The prince's true home is in the east, the place of the fullness, the pleroma, the world of light where the soul longs to dwell. His parents, the unknown mother-father-god, sent him off to Egypt, quote-unquote, which stands for the lower worlds. Upon his departure, they stripped the prince of his marvelous robe of glory that shimmers like the stars. This fabulous garment has been fashioned exactly to fit him, because his parents have taken his measure, that is, they know his limitations and his potential. With great love they send forth their divine Son. They covenant with him that if he goes into the world of form and finds the one pearl, and if he succeeds in wrestling it from the grasp of the dark serpent power, he will be accepted back into the world of the spirit. The prince has many meanings for the Gnostic as well as for us. In the invisible world he is the archetypal son of man, 
When he descends from the east, he becomes the spiritual essence that holds the power to enliven the souls who live in the visible world. As a messenger from beyond the sphere of the rational, he is for us a bringer of light, a guide on the way, a doorway into another dimension of experience. He represents the person who comes into the world with a sense of purpose or mission and who hears himself or herself call to serve the one who summons. The following comes from John Davidson's commentary to be found in his book The Robe of Glory which is out of print or in the now in print contemporary version exploring the hem of the pearl called The Prodigal Soul The Wisdom of Ancient Parables also authored by John Davidson. The Home of the Soul Mystics of all ages and of all cultures have said that the soul is part of God. If he is an ocean, they say, then the soul is a drop. If he is light, the soul is a ray. If he is fire, the soul is a spark. There can be no closer relationship than that of a drop to the ocean or of a ray to the sun. The Lord is an ocean of love and bliss. Consequently, the relationship of the soul to the Supreme Being is one of love. Such love involves complete faith and dependence upon the object of that love, and in order to portray this to us, mystics have described it in terms of human relationships. Jesus and many other mystics of those times spoke of the Lord as Father and the soul as the Son. In the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, Jesus also spoke of the meeting of the souls with the Lord as a wedding, a meeting with the bridegroom, where the feeling is primarily one of love. Other mystics have spoken of the relationship of the soul with the Lord as that of mother to her son, where once again the bond is one of love. In this poem, let us suppose that the author was Bardessian, author of The Hem of the Pearl, compares the soul to a little child. A child is entirely dependent upon his parents' care and love, knowing no other way in which to live. The child, the soul, dwells in his own kingdom, in the father's house. This then, being in the lap of the father, is the true and real home for the soul. Moreover, the soul dwells in its own kingdom, that is, the soul is a king as well as a little child. In this state, the soul rests comfortably in the spiritual wealth and radiant glory of my nurturers, quote-unquote, those who support and give life to a soul, that is, the supreme being, the source of all being. The Lord is the ocean of being, while the soul is a drop of that same ocean. In reality, then, the soul and the Lord are one.
this ancient text known as the Hymn of the Pearl, the Hymn of the Soul, the prince travels to Egypt, quote-unquote, the physical realm. He incarnates in Egypt. And he's very intimidated by the serpent who is in possession of this mysterious pearl, and he's very apprehensive about those Egyptians, too. He wants to get along. He wants to blend in. He doesn't want them to know he is from a faraway land, very different from them. He wants to just blend in, wants to assimilate, speak their language, dress like them, blend in, live and let live, get along, blend into the crowd. So he eats the food and he drinks the wine and he falls into a very deep sleep and he forgets himself. He forgets his true identity, that he f is from the East. He forgets the mission for which he had been sent. He forgets about his true nature, the robe of glory that awaits him. He forgets his mission in life, his purpose, to retrieve the pearl of great price and return to the East. But one day he meets someone he recognizes, a fellow traveler from the East a fellow kindred spirit, like himself. And this became a very significant event in his life, and he made this person his companion, in this case, a male companion. And then one day he receives this letter sent from the kingdom of the East, a letter of awakening. But it's not really just a letter, it's more of a supernatural entity of light and sound, of mystical seeing and hearing, not just an ordinary letter with ink and parchment. In the Hem of the Pearl it says, My letter had been sealed by the king with his right hand. It flew in the form of an eagle, the king of birds. It flew and lighted beside me. It became speech at its voice and the sound of its moving wings. I rose up from my sleep. I took it and kissed it and broke the seal and I read and I realized the word on the letter for me to read were the words written in my heart. I remembered that I was a son of kings and my freedom longed for its true nature, its own nature. I remembered the pearl for which I had been sent to Egypt. I began to charm the terrible serpent by chanting the names of my parents over him. I hushed him to sleep and lulled him into slumber. I seized the pearl and I turned to carry it back to my parents' house. Another passage from the Hem of the Pearl. And the parent's house, the divine parent's realm, is this place called the Kingdom of the East. June Singer, the letter flies in the form of an eagle, the great bird who soars higher than any other. The eagle lives in the full light of the sun. It is luminous in its essence, and it shares in the elements of air and fire. 
Its flight is swift and sure, swooping with lightning speed between the upper and lower worlds. What more appropriate messenger to send from the east than the king of birds? Containing its magnificent power, the eagle must have settled down gently beside the prince. For at first all the prince hears is the rustle of feathers. He awakens as if from a dream. The eagle has become speech, yet somehow it is still the letter that had been sealed by the king with his right hand, so that its contents are not accessible to those unable to rouse themselves from the sleep of oblivion imposed by the Archon rulers. The seal of the royal family is familiar to the prince, though it has not been seen for a very long time. He recognizes it, and because he is the son of the king, he does not hesitate to break it. He kisses the letter and opens it. This gentle act reestablishes the relationship between the prince and his parents, between his sojourn in this world and his life in the world beyond. As he reads, he comes to the realization that the words of the letter are the same as the words engraved in his heart, words that even so he had forgotten. Now he remembers who he is, a member of the royal family, a participant in the divine order, an offspring of the Most High. What has awakened him is the urge to liberate that which was submerged in him, as in all humanity, that ever and again stirs people to throw off the manacles binding body and mind or soul. That urge is the spark that longs to be free so that it may rise to where it is truly at home. This is the meaning of the pearl that was forgotten but is now remembered. Still, freedom, like the pearl, is not given. It has to be dearly bought. With, with the swiftness of the eagle, the prince hastens to the place of the serpent. The text says, I hushed him to sleep and lulled him into slumber. There is a hint of a magic charm here, the power of light over darkness. And here I will pause and give you my own interpretation of those final verses. The serpent of the mind is put to sleep by the mantra of the divine names, making it possible for the soul to be realized as we meditate, we discover the pearl of our own true nature. Once again, a pearl that had been forgotten, our true identity as soul. We have a mind, we have a body, but we are soul, and this is uncovered during the process of meditation as we repeat our sacred divine names and begin this process of ascension. To read the hem of the pearl in its entirety, send me a text message at this number, 508-603-9381, 508-603-9381, or send me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Hope you've enjoyed the hem of the Pearl on today's Spiritual Awakening Radio. Mm -hmm.